Hello and welcome everyone. So I hope you all had a are having a wonderful week, depending on when you're listening. Having a wonderful time wherever you are in life and doing in life. But uh, here's another journey into the mind that hopes to provide you something to to contemplate. And admittedly, this week's thoughts are more on the practical side. I know recently I've kind of gotten more into, I would say, more emotional understandings. I think that's an accurate way to put it. And more, you know, just abstract thinking, I think is the way to put it. But yeah, some weeks I'm just a bit less in my feelings. So practicality is what manifests. And as always, I would like to say thank you for your support on this mind exploration journey I've taken. I truly appreciate uh, your kind words that I receive. Those are always super helpful for, you know, keeping me motivated and all that. As always, if you'd like to support the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share with your friends. The growth of the show will allow me to spend more time on this project. And uh, if, if you'd like to support the show in more tangible ways, use the link below so you can get access to my more personal mind explorations from dreams, personal stories, and other more psychedelic adventures. And I'll say that I take, you know, a very grounded approach in that in that type of stuff around these things by bringing it in, in psychology as well. So yeah. And this week has a common theme. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's around the self, how we make or take that sense of self into conversations, how we alter that self, and then some ideas around Gnosticism as well. And I hope you enjoy it. So yeah, basically I'm going to separate into the sections of, it's like the myth of the true self, the power of arguing to learn versus arguing to win, and then our modern uh, cultural connection with uh, Gnosticism. But as always, like I said, I appreciate you all continuing to listen and showing your support. Um, and also appreciate those newly listening, giving the 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 show a chance. Um, but yeah, let's enter the labyrinth. So the myth of the true self. And af- after reading enough Carl Jung, having the media tell you to just to just be yourself, and and watching films where we know we we witness characters become their true self or what we perceive to be a true self or what even like the director wants you to perceive as a true self. Our minds become convinced that we must find ourselves, or even better, our true selves. But what does what the fuck does that even mean? What does that mean, a true self? It's this idea built on this on an idea that you have an end state, a destiny, something you are supposed to do or supposed to be doing in your life. It's this idea of a true self is it a fiction. And does it truly matter if it is a fiction? You know, what if there is use for it, even if it is a fiction? As in, should we still believe in it in some sense? Because I get this, per- get the perception that most people know what I'm talking about when we do an act that has us as feeling as though we are connecting with our true self, where everything just feels right. And maybe you you got your dream job and you've never felt so much peace before. You get this connection to your true self. You're on the right path. That idea. You know, even if it's made up, is there value in that? Is it saying something important about human consciousness and the human condition and understanding meaning? You know, for me, I feel the most at peace when I'm exploring these subjects, finding ways to express them, articulate them to people, get people to, you know, question what they think and then kind of presenting that. Is this my, is this my quote unquote destiny or is this something I've, I've convinced myself of? 
a mind's trick to convince myself that what I'm doing isn't meaningless. You know, as in the true self is simply creating a fiction like narrative to help me cope with my decision making. You know, I mean, modern capitalism has brought us a culture that has lashed onto this desire that people have for, for finding the perception of a true self. But that's the point. Is it simply a perception, a made up fiction brought to us by the human myth making mind? And we now have a, a, a ripe consumption culture that feeds upon this desire for a self that people hold. The self-help gurus that want you to just buy my book so you can become who you want to be. Which is another way of saying, allow me to show you how to find yourself. Oh yeah, and just, and just join my masterclass so you can become who you are for the low, low price of $100 per month. <laughs> oh, fuck. And this, <laughs> this made me think of... Uh, this clip I heard recently of uh, this guy named Grant Cardone. I see him all over like TikTok and social media and, and his ads come up sometimes. And he's one of those like gurus that likes to talk about how much money he's made. And, and he wants to, to grant you the privilege of taking his advice. He was like on this video where he was talking about this really expensive plane he bought and how he spent $850,000 on a door. Then at the end, of, there was this clip because it was kind of like a satire clip making fun of him. And it was like, you only have to pay thousands of dollars to, to get this privilege of his knowledge. But there's this clip where he's trying to sell his $1,000 course. And his pitch is, if, if you only have $1,000 left in the bank to your name, you'd be a fool not to buy this course. You know, only it's just taking advantage of, of people in vulnerable states. That's just like the biggest giveaway right there, right? But don't worry about food or shelter. Just, just buy his BS course and you'll be, you'll be fine. But it's feeding off of, I, I realize it's feeding off this desire for finding yourself, finding a, a, a state of peace in this world. And people are manipulate that desire to meet their own ends. And it's like, oh, you can't, you can't afford that? Well, who are you without this course? You're not you. You're not the, the you. So you better join up. You can't afford it? Oh, yeah, well, that's what credit cards are for. You need your true self, remember? So you better, you better take a big risk. It's that idea. It's that, it's that type of psychological manipulation that people take advantage of. You know, and it's, it's, they, they tell you it's like this life-changing content. They tell you bullshit. It's lies. It's feeding off your desire to find yourself. And we, need, and we find ourselves... We do that thing. We do that. I just think people need to remember that too. Um, but let's cover like this idea of the, and the importance of the perceiver, you know. But so it's like, is this is this true self really fiction? And a better question: Does it matter even if it is? Kind of what I alluded to earlier. What value can we pull from striving for, you know, achieving our true self? Uh, your true self is as deep down within you as you want it to go. I think that's the point. And why? Because it's completely fucking made up. Post over. Episode done. The self is a lie. <laughs> but kidding, of course. The journey of self-discovery is to, I think, accept a path without a destination. Any perceived destination is one completely made up by you, the perceiver. You become who you truly are by simply perceiving who you are in those in those moments. And the lessons we learn from moment to moment are what we build upon to create our true self or create the, the perception of a true self. So the myth of the self. Let's cover this idea. 
So I say all of this while acknowledging that I myself, me, pursue the sense of a true self. The choices I make from the art on my wall, tattoos on my body, the clothes I wear, and the stuff I create, even the people I surround myself with, are all extensions of my journey towards finding my true self, finding, creating this narrative around me and and I and, and who I think I am. So I do this while knowing one fundamental thing, one understanding. I'm the creator of the myth. That is my true self. It's not objective. It's not me. It's a character. I actually really like it this way. It only exists because I want it to within my own mind. And sure, there's outside influences that have shaped that, and I only probably have so much control over it, but still, it's that idea that at the end of the day, I'm the narrative creator. You know, sometimes it's kind of difficult to accept, but the idea of me finding who I really am, quote unquote, to be a lie, that can be kind of scary. You know, you seem to imagine as we, as we try to understand ourselves that we are pulling from some central you beneath all that consciousness you have within yourself. All that conscious experience you witness throughout your life is simply chaos. As though, you know, the, the, the mosh pit that is a central void within yourself is your true self, hidden away, waiting to be found and awakened. You know, a central thesis of the popular professor of literature, uh, Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey, which I enjoy contemplating within the realm of myth, which is based on this idea of finding your true self. The idea that the myths surrounding us, all around us throughout history and, and, and currently and, and the ones that are developing and other people's myths even, they help us find this idea of a true self for ourselves. And I think a, a, a pearl of central wisdom around the true self is the idea that this journey towards this self, this idea of the self, I think it's an important one, as in necessary for finding uh, peace in life. So I have this quote that I really like that kind of relates to this. And it's, it's a Nietzsche quote, not surprising for me, but it, I, I quote, How can man know himself? He is dark and veiled thing. And whereas the hair has seven skins, the human being can shed seven times 70 skins, skins and still not be able to say, this is really you. This is no longer an outer shell. And it just... It's that idea that we're constantly shaping ourselves, constantly shedding our skin and and remaking ourselves over and over and over again. And we're never done. The journey never ends. You never are in a complete state of knowing thyself. You know? So so this idea that yourself, your myth. So maybe it's not about whether it's it's true or false. Instead, it's about how how do we utilize this idea for ourselves? But that's just it. I think that that might be true. The best films, music, and art I consume have me walking away, considering perspectives on life and provide me an internal perception that I'm inching closer towards, down within myself, towards actualizing who I really am. And I tell myself as I inch closer and closer to pulling myself, my character from the void within, the closer I come to achieving the good life. But what journey is my myth? It's as impactful and meaningful as I want it to be. And why is this such a tough truth to accept or embrace even? Is this truth of the self made up? Another thought I've had is is this perception of a true self is important for evaluating new information. We need a mechanism of comparison to analyze new information coming in, right? And that's what the self kind of provides. It's a filtering mechanism. It's an ego mechanism that we need. So we have this perception of the self, a true self within our minds, 
Yeah, what if it doesn't exist? Okay, I keep coming back to that question. I want to keep that in your in your mind. However, I put the belief in the self in the same category as a belief in God or free will, where it provides us insight into the world around us, the experience we have and the values we hold or wish to hold. It's a belief that transforms how we interpret the world we're constantly experiencing and we are always going to be experiencing until we die someday. <laughs> That's just reality. So, it, and most of us agree that the human mind is wired for meaning making. It's our mind's mechanism for making sense of everything. Part of this meaning making system is seeing the perception of ourselves as meaningful. The, the next step of a meaningful sense of self is the creation of that true self that is strived for which then leads to a greater understanding of our thoughts, our perceptions, and and meaning of in our life. Why? Because we have created a mythical comparison to compare our decisions and thoughts to. So the sense of self can become this sort of tether to our internal sanity. We even see this in research where people who claim to be in more, you know, more in touch with their true selves were more likely to be satisfied with their lives. So imagine a person that switches careers where one person presents their reasons for switching careers based on they wanted higher pay and they wanted easier work. And a different person says they switch careers because it aligns with work they, they see themselves doing and aligns more with their, their values. In other words, it aligns more with their true self. Who in that situation do you foresee being more at peace with their career change? Just intuitively. Right off the bat, the person that is doing the decision based on what they perceive to be their values. Their values can be made up, but if they're making decisions based on those things, they're probably going to be more aligned with and at peace with their decision making because it's more foundational for them. It's more closer to their internal perceptions and feelings where it's like, oh, I just want higher pay and easier work. That's all external reasons, external things, Right? So I think the takeaway in all this is, is we, we will probably never know if a true self exists, where we will identify some internal entity that holds an eye for you. However, we know the sense of a true self is often an important tool for guidance in our walk towards making sense of our existence, our belief in right and wrong, our, our, our use of a moral compass, and our perception of how we connect with our fellow humans are based on this connection we have with our perceived self. And I think we find this connection vitally important to finding true peace. But I think in, an important idea to remember is even the true self is based on your creation, which means it's this constant state of flux. We find ourselves on a never-ending battle of inching closer and closer and closer to the end state of us while knowing the end never actually comes until, like I said earlier, <laughs> Until we die. So maybe it's, it's, it's about finding a sense of true self, accepting that self, yet always looking to alter it when necessary. And I'll leave you with this quote to think about. Uh, it's, uh, so I, I quote, I recognize that I am made up of several persons and that person that at the moment has the upper hand will inevitably give place to another. But which is the real one? All of them? or none. And it, this is a quote from, I don't know, as you, many of you might know if you listen for botch names, but uh, I think it's Somerset Magum. 
and uh, he wrote. Uh, they wrote a very famous book, a writer's notebook. So I would recommend that book as well. Uh, but yeah, so I think, uh, man, time wise, for my notes, I think because I like to keep my episodes about twenty minutes. So the next section, we're gonna. I'm going to do the power of arguing and to learn versus arguing to win on another day. We're going to cover the Gnosticism topic, and I'll come back to the arguing one in a different episode. Um, so we're going to skip to that section. So our modern cultural connection with Gnosticism and how traditional religions can learn, I think, from this connection. Uh, to do my religious-themed content for the week. So although many traditional sects of Christianity want to proc- and, and also I before I dive into this I think it does deal well with this idea of the self because re- the per- perception or belief in God and, and taking those foundations from a religion is, plays an important part in people's perception of their self and their true self and, and their feelings and their beliefs right we all know that and especially if you listen to this show you definitely know that um, and that's why I got really interested in Gnosticism recently is I think it does an interesting play on this perception of God and the self and finding our uh, perception of meaning and our perception of what religion is and what it means for us and spirituality. So that's why I want to cover it. So like I said, although many traditional sects of Christianity want to proclaim Gnosticism as as hearsay, the teachings of, of this religious school of thought have made their way into our modern culture. Gnosticism saw a revival after the 1945 discovery of Egypt's uh, Nag Hammadi Library, which was a, a collection of rare early Christian and Gnostic texts. So these newly discovered findings and, and translations spreading throughout the West in the 1960s and 70s. Now, Gnosticism is, is a general collection of religious ideas that date back to the first century amongst various Jewish and Christian groups, meaning these ideas have been around since the start of these traditional religious understandings, which is why I find it fascinating. So also Gnosticism itself isn't a unified religion. I think I need to, that's kind of like a common misunderstanding where they think people think Gnosticism is like this all encompassing school of thought, but it's not really unified. It's more of like, there's like a few principles that people follow. So it revolves around though, this idea of Gnosis, where it's this process an individual takes to earn a direct connection to the divine. And various Gnostic groups believed this could be achieved in various ways. And that was a big central idea. It was, it, was, it was more of like this interlocking discussion between the groups of like the best way to achieve Gnosis. And it very much based on the individual. So the central idea is the individual connects with the divine energy of God or, or Gnosis. So I find this idea of Gnosis fascinating as it's the central idea I want to focus on in, in, this, in this section of the episode and how we see the central idea throughout our modern culture. The idea of Gnosis puts a supreme value on personal spiritual knowledge and your own unique spiritual journey. And I, that's what I find fascinating. An idea that we see many connecting with in modern spiritual practices. So this is something we see with, with the rise of people using uh, the description of themselves as spiritual but not religious. Evidence that our culture has made this shift this movement towards this more Gnostic type of thinking over traditional religious understandings found in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So Gnosticism in modern culture. Gnostics call this pursuit of understanding your spiritual self the journey of finding your Gnosis. 
So I find these doctrines to have this kind of humbling awareness, very ahead of its time, awareness of the human condition. As it understands something fundamental about the human experience, it understands that certainty isn't something that we humans are blessed with. As we are under the constant pressure of uncertainty. So religious ideology that tells its followers to embrace the pursuit of their own subjective understanding of spirituality and God, that, that fucking has my attention. And it, and it has, taught, has, has caught my attention or caught the attention of many in our culture. You know, whether they even know it or not, actually. So something our own culture alludes to often is this idea of finding your own spiritual connection with the, the divine, your gnosis. So Philip K. Dick has, was known for his novels that made commentary on the rise of mega corporations and governments that pushed us away from finding our true selves. They, they provide us these distractions from looking internally. You see, these authoritarian social structures alienate us divide us, which prevents us from becoming our true selves or connect with our higher selves or, and also just connecting with your fellow human. Thus, the more materialistic ideas that have been perpetuated in our culture prevents us from achieving our gnosis. So this idea directly correlates with the psychologist Carl Jung, who held the belief that every individual holds their own unique consciousness with traits specific to each person. That kind of goes against my idea earlier. You know, maybe Carl, you and I disagree on that part where it's almost, you know, that comes in the idea of the archetypes where there is these kind of foundational things. But anyway, but once we find our true selves, let's use Carl Jung's version of the true self, we begin seeing the layers that are deeper down into the self. Beyond the true self is where the collective unconscious is, a collective mind. So for Gnostics, they would view the collective mind as connecting with the, the highest form of God. We see Gnostic themes in, in the film Blade Runner, where it, it asks the question of, what is it to be human? And must you have a soul to be human? Do you have a soul? The film implies that the answer to the question is, what is it to be human even? That question goes much deeper than simply being human. There's something more foundational. So in a sense, the connection with your gnosis is making connection with, with the collective gnosis. This collective sense of knowing. This can translate into what we would call a deeper level of knowledge that binds a collective consciousness in a sense. One that maybe binds all humans in, in a weird way. Now you might be wondering, what does this mean? In a sense, finding your gnosis is about finding your truth becoming closer to a deeper collective truth. Those two things. So we see this even more thoroughly expressed in the film The Matrix, right? Where Neo must wake up from being plugged into the virtual world that he once thought was real. He recognizes he was living in a simulated reality where robotic technology trapped humans in a false reality. But Neo and his friends wake up. They unplug and realize a deeper truth about their existence. The truth they find is that they live in an apocalyptic world controlled by machines. Spoiler alert, although Matrix is old enough, and if you listen to this, I guarantee you probably have watched The Matrix. Now, here's the key point, though. Within The Matrix, uh, and how it relates to Gnosticism, Neo is able to re-enter that false reality with newfound knowledge and wisdom, a new truth. 
one that allows him to bend the simulator reality to his fucking will. How did he do this? He became connected to Gnosis, a deeper form of mind within himself, in a sense, a deeper connection to God, a collective truth. So my takeaway from this section of the, the episode I found Gnosticism fascinating because it expands the concept of God beyond the traditional understanding found in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. You know, God no longer is this thing that we can't understand or achieve. It's, it is a sense of knowing we can achieve. We don't need some leader in a religion for it. And, and I'm already doing this, using the term God, hoping others have... have Possibly listen to my other episodes on, on that concept. But yeah, but, but this is where we, we find my point, as we can see this more broad concept of God and the idea of connecting with our higher self in modern culture, the idea of finding your own spirituality and your own understanding of God. It's, that's your thing. That's your doing. You don't need to let people tell you how to do that, but also don't tell other people necessarily how to do that. Like, don't push some absolute truth on them that you don't know. We must remember Gnosticism has doctrines that date back to the original founding of Christianity. The idea of finding your Gnosis is one present in more accepted religious traditions. They just have more restrictive rules about how to achieve that thing. So I think Gnosticism can show us that that we lean more, or, or even those that lean more atheist or more towards a traditional established religion, The understanding gnosis is your journey. It's a spiritual journey. It's a pursuit of understanding your consciousness and finding the wisdom that you connect with. So maybe Gnosticism can be seen as another example of the importance of keeping an open mind. Pursue a truth that you connect with. Be open to being wrong. And in the end, maybe you can find your gnosis. But as always, I appreciate you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you enjoyed these two sections today. And, uh, yeah, as always, thank you for listening. See you next time. Get the fuck out.